The Final Furlong Podcast with Emma Kennedy is proudly brought to you by All About Sunday, the ultimate racehorse ownership experience. Download the app and get involved today. All About Sunday, we love racing. And by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. Kaluki offer betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, with instant withdrawals and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki also have betting pitches at tracks across the UK. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk. And you're welcome to the weekend preview. We've got Time Forms Mark Milligan in the house, ready to bring us more cash for the weekend in the shape of winners. Mark, welcome back to the show. Yes, good to be here once again. It's a really good weekend this weekend, isn't it? Top class racing at Sandown and Haydock. A bit, bit of something for everyone this weekend, I think. We've got the Grand Prix de Saint-Cloud on Sunday, which is an intriguing one in terms of the, the feature race, which, which we'll delve further into. But Vidani could have run in the Grand Prix de Saint-Cloud, but they've decided to supplement and come over here. On what should be a good weekend for betting, I'm pretty confident about a few. I'm feeling loosey-goosey. Let's go. Uh, the Coral Charge, Group 3, Mythbuy is head of the betting. Uh, I don't care. 3-1. to one. Uh, Rasil, 3-1, to one, uh, joint favourite with him. Equilateral is a 6s shot. Nymphedora, 7s. And uh, Method, an 8-1 to one shot for Freddie and Martin Mead. All right, my man, who do you like here? Yeah, um, full disclosure, I'm not a massive fan of the five furlong track at Sandown, if I'm being perfectly honest. It seems to to be occasionally a bias can pop up on the far side. Horses can get in trouble and, and often do get in trouble on that five furlong track, which is weird because it's not it's no no different to any other straight five furlong track. I just maybe it's just me. I just seem to back horses that encounter trouble in running there. So I thought I would keep it simple here and pick a horse who's going to be racing prominently and has got the best form, and he's not favourite. And we're talking equilateral. Aye, aye. Who we last saw finishing fifth behind that absolute buzzsaw nature strip in the King's Stand at Royal Ascot. And equilateral was coming off a good break there, about 13 or 14 months. Now, he's a horse who goes well fresh. So he was be expected to, to run well but he's a group two winner in a group three race here where his two main leaders in terms of the market Bahi and Rasel they're both only listed winners so they've got to prove that they can take a, a further step up in class I completely see the argument I like the horse as well uh, it was a massive run last time out in, in at the Royal Meeting and I also think that like cue the top two in the betting pulling miles clear of everything else and absolutely crushing the field but it, it's a race where I'm prepared to take them on like Rasil is interesting and he's done you know, he's an absolute star for the the horse whispers but at three to one I'm more than happy to, to look elsewhere and I think Equilateral is a great shout uh, which brings us to the 205 at Haydock uh, Luke Morris and Sir Mark Prescott landed an each way gamble for us last week C King is favourite in for 100 to 30 for the uh, handicap at 205. Uh, Nathaniel Green, 8 to 1. And Double Sherry, a 9 to 1 shot with Kaluki Sportsbook as we speak, recording on Thursday. Right, my friend, who do you like here? Yeah, I, I thought this was actually more competitive than the market seems to, to find out. Seeking, I think, yeah, he looks like he's full of potential 
and he's done absolutely nothing wrong in winning his last two starts. But I thought he was tight enough in a, a 15-runner handicap, particularly as a few of these horses have yet to fully tip their hand over this sort of distance, over a mile and three quarters. The majority, in fact, will be trying it for the first time. And I, I did a little bit of digging because... I was quite interested at first glance on um, Rafe Beckett's The Gadget Man, who will be making his first start in a handicap here on just his fourth run. And he's stepping up significantly in trip from 10 furlongs to a mile and three quarters. So I did a, a little bit of digging. It. it transpires that Rafe Beckett actually has a really good strike rate with horses making their handicap debuts and stepping up in trip, combine the two together. I think he's about 22% strike rate or something like that. And he was double figure odds for me. He's by Jack Hobbs. Jack Hobbs, I think, will he's in his relative infancy as a sire, but I think we'll find in time he gets horses who stay really well. The Gadget Man's Dam was a, a, a winner over a mile and a half. I think on just his fourth start here, off a mark of 84, Laura Pearson taking off three pounds. She's a really good apprentice jockey. The, the gadget man makes plenty of each way appeal to me in here. 14 to 1 with Kaluki Sportsbook right now. Uh, Rafe Beckett has also got Spycaster, but it's all about the gadget man. Uh, I am loving that argument, my friend. 225, send down the Coral Challenge. Uh, Sinjari heads the betting at 5-2 to two for Harry and Roger Charlton. Kieran Schumark on board, 5-2 to two with Kaluki, uh, who go 5-1 to one about check and challenge for William Knight and uh, William Buick. And Line Tower is an 11-2 to two shot. Um, how are you breaking this race down? Yeah, Sinjari is favourite. I think he's probably the right favourite. He's got the the best recent form i would suggest his fifth in the hunt cup at ascot was a really good run he traveled as he always does he traveled like the wrath of god in that race be before perhaps just not finding as much as the principles my issue with st jacks just doesn't win very often does he i think he's two from 18 and you know in a competitive handicap i'm wanting more than 11 to 4 about a horse who's got a lifetime record of two for 18, even if he is boasting the best form. There's a really interesting class dropper in here. Three-year-old against older horses, so he gets a bit of weight on the weight for age scale. We last saw Check and Challenge finishing down the field in the 2,000 guineas behind Caribus, none other than. And... It's fair to say he didn't get the best of trips there either, check and challenge. He was hampered a couple of times. I think it's a stretch to say he'd have gone anywhere close to finishing in the top four or five. But I think he ran well enough in that race to suggest to me that he's probably listed class, perhaps group three, at a push. And he gets in a handicap here off a mark of 108 which is the top-rated, that will make him the top-rated horse in the field. But because of weight for age, he actually gets weight from the likes of Sinjari. And I think the weight for age scale starts to favour the three-year-olds at this time of year because the three-year-olds are maturing very quickly at this time of year. And if you've got a good one and they're getting weight off the older horses, then I think you've definitely got something to bet on. Um, The icing on the cake for me is the jockey booking. William Buick yeah. taking the ride. I think there's there's plenty to like about Check and Challenge in here. 
Yeah, I'm a big fan of this horse as well, and he was my selection too. My, my alternative uh, for the record is Ozu, uh, Safi, and Jamie Osborne. Uh, I thought, I thought he he represented good value at the price. I think he's been cut to nines since we spoke. Yeah, he was sixteens this morning when I, when I was interested in him, and now he's nines with Kaluki. So uh, somebody had a word, uh, but check and challenge has an awful lot going for him. I thought the jersey would be a good target for him after the 2000 Giddies, and it's very intriguing to me that it's a handicap at Sandown they choose. So let's go. Uh, 240 at Haydock, free wind, 9-4 to four for John Gosden and Frankie. Oh, wait, no. Uh, Rob Haflin, uh, Frankie Dettori will be in Germany Sunday. Little giggle from Mark in the background. Um, <laughs> uh, Frankie is going on his international travels. He's in Germany uh, on, on Sunday. Uh, not in France, Germany. Intriguing. Uh, some good rides from though. Uh, Ashada, 72, who we were talking about on his last run. Sila Rossa, who was a winner uh, for Mark uh, on her return on the 28th of May, 5 to 1. And uh, Stay Alert for Huey Morrison and Josephine Gordon is an 8 to 1 shot. Um, taking on the favourite, looking elsewhere, or is the uh, the favourite? I No, I didn't really want to take on Free Wind in here. I thought she was so progressive last season, really progressive. And at that um, final run at Doncaster in the, is it in the Park Hill? Yeah. I think Park Hill and the Mayhill, I always get those two confused. Um, the Mayhills for the two-year-olds, isn't it? Um, the Park Hill was so impressive. And in terms of time form ratings, her performance there would have entitled her to have finished certainly in the top two or three in the ledger itself, because the, the Park Hill's um, known as the, the Philly St. Ledger, isn't it? But I think the weight she'd have got off the colt, she'd have been more than uh, able to hold her own in the St. Ledger itself. She was so progressive. The, the, the nagging doubt, obviously, is we haven't seen her for a while, so presumably she's maybe had one or two niggles. She's maybe taken a little while to come to hand. Her main threat in here, Eshada, is already up and running. We last saw her 49 days ago. I was a little bit disappointed, to be honest, when she was beat seven lengths I was by Il Arab. You know, yeah, I thought I was, I, was ex- I was just expecting more from her. I, I just think Free Wind has the potential to be a Group 1 filly this season. I think you're looking at, uh, you're probably looking at something like the Yorkshire Oaks, aren't you? Next, I say next month. We're not quite into July yet, are we? But we will be in few hours yeah in a matter of um, hours yeah. I, I think if she wins this i think it's all all systems go for the yorkshire oaks for which would bring about a clash with tuesday i believe um we'll see mm. maybe maybe tuesday's going to go for the irish oaks was that confirmed today i'm now getting confused we actually had a, a, an important call today um but she may very well be be going there uh, to, to the Irish Oaks, but she would definitely be taking in the Yorkshire Oaks as well, which would uh, lay on a terrific clash with Freewind. Uh, her idea, speaking of top-class fillies, her idea is uh, a short price favourite with Kaluki. Uh, the current market sees her 11-8, to eight, uh, and then there's Grand Dame, who I think was frankied in that she was given a bad ride in York, and if you ever see a bad ride we're just going to call it, just just say your horse got frankied because I believe that's what John Gosden is saying. I don't believe that at all. I've never heard that. But let's make that a thing, why don't we? Um, I thought she got an awful ride. York was asked way too much and uh, was then pitched into Group 1 company uh, at Royal Ascot in the Coronation and 
she ran all right. Um, she's finished second last, beating 10 lengths, but she ran well for a, for a long way in that race, and this is much more her cup of tea, and I think she'll, I think she'll take the world of eating here. Uh, Ryan Moore on board. Do you think, though, that the favourite is going to slap me right in the face, or, uh, or are you looking elsewhere, my man? Um, yeah, I, I think yeah, I think we're gonna have to differ on this one because I went into this race um, fully expecting Heredia to be an odds-on favourite. Oh wow! I, I was very, I was very surprised to see her odds against. For me, everything everything about this filly suggests that she's Group One class, or she's going to be Group One class very, very soon, even though she's only stepping out of handicaps. she Everything about her, for me, suggests that she's a Group 1 filly in waiting. Her time figure at Ascot was really good um, in that 28-runner handicap. She travelled like a, a proper filly. I think Grandam is... She's possibly un- going to be unlucky here in that they've come here for a listed race thinking it was going to be easier than at Royal Ascot and she might be about to bump into another group one class filly mm. you make a very compelling case uh, for her dear and I wouldn't put anybody off as she's making giant strides and the fact that she's unbeaten means we have no idea how good she is but um, I'm going I'm going can, can I that. just can I just throw in one can I just throw in one caveat absolutely uh, now this is no slight at all on Uh-oh. Richard Hannon, who I think Uh-oh. is a very, very good trainer. But I think we've seen a few times in the past when he's had really good fillies and they've looked like they were going to be the bee's knees. And then they just this is this is maybe just me overthinking things here, but I don't know. Is it is it a throwback to do you remember oh, years ago when Richard Hannon Sr. had the license? Yeah. And he used to have a lot of very precocious horses, didn't he? You could always rely on Hannons to have their horses up and running early and they'd do all their winning early. And then their form sort of generally tailed off after that. Um, almost like the, the lemon was squeezed dry quite early mm. in these Hannon horses and, and they, they didn't really go on as such. And I think that model has has changed. I think it's changed quite significantly since Richard Hannon Jr. has taken over. But I still have it in the back of my mind that sometimes these these Hannon horses that look like absolute superstars don't go on. And that would be my only caveat here because I think she looks a proper, proper filly. Uh, and I would just be hoping she continues to progress. Just so we're we get everything straight here. You are a big fan of Richard Hannon Jr. Yeah, no, no. It's uh, honest, absolutely. It's no oh, slight. Fine. No, no. I just, I just wanted to. I just, yeah, I just wanted to, to give you the opportunity to, to say that. So yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> but but to, but to break it down though, um, yeah, big fan of his, but he. Uh, is absolutely rubbish when it comes to getting horses to progress <laughs> into being absolute superstars. Uh, basically, he's muck, but you like him. You, you think he's he's good. Uh, you can't turn potential into superstars, Hannon Jr. You're messing it up the whole time and been called out in the final furlong. <laughs> that might have been a slight exaggeration. Uh, but hey, you know, when the Twitter trolls come for you, I may as well just blow it up for you now. You know, this is just going to be picked out and this is the... Oh, Mark Milligan hates, hates Richard Hannon. Um... 
I, I, I see where you're coming from, though. I think Richard Hannon Sr. You're trying to figure out, like, what do, we, do I apologize? No, don't say a word. Uh, Richard Hannon Sr. didn't win the 2000 guineas. Yeah, it, wasn't it as soon as the license was handed over, Richard Jr. won it? And the yeah, reason I, the reason I, I think... say that is, is that I think that that goes to show you are correct, that there was a lot of potential when Richard Hannon Sr. was, and I would have been more towards the latter end of his career in terms of being... Uh, 2003 was when I got fully into racing, as in like betting on it and trying to learn how to do it properly. Um, so I'm, I'm aware of, of Richard Hannon uh, Senior, obviously, and the man is a legend. But there were an awful lot of very good juveniles. Whether it was that they were just buying those kind of horses uh, that were very precocious, but then you are 100 percent right, didn't quite manage to go on. And I don't think he won the 2000 guineas. But when Richard Senior took over, they did, and there has clearly been a change. And we've seen this with sons taking over from fathers and daughters taking over from, from fathers and mothers, um, that they are wanting to make their own stamp on things. And in doing so, maybe they're they're embracing more modern training methods, but you do see how it evolves. You see how it changes. And, and it certainly has with Richard Hannon. He's more likely to take a horse of potential and turn it into a star, whereas his father was very, very good with precocious juveniles, but... Not as good with three-year-olds. Come at me on Twitter, whatever. There you go. You, you, you've put that much better than than I attempted to. Um, I, th- I just think when when you, I mean, we can sit here. I, I'll sit here and tip horses, and I, ninety-nine times out of a hundred, I back the horses that that I'm tipping. And I'm certainly going to be backing Heredia. I just think you've got a responsibility if you're if you're tipping and backing a horse at a short price to cover every single angle. And my one caveat here would be, I think we we have seen in the past that some of these promising Hannon Colts for these, et cetera, just just haven't gone on having looked like world beaters at one point. That said, I think she absolutely dots up here and she'll win this. Okay, and I think Grand Dam slams her. So uh, I'm I'm taking on Richard Hannon. You're slicing Richard Hannon. Jeez, he's really getting it on the final four <laughs> on today, isn't he? Um, William Haggis, though, we love the hero. William Haggis, poor old Hannon is going to think. I'm going to have to interview that man for talk sport and he's going to be like, Hang up. Don't don't even bother. Uh, the old Newton Cup, one of my favourite races of the season, goes to Gassy, surely. Uh, has won his last four starts. I think he'll make it five. Um, what about you? Yeah, we've spoken about Gassy before, haven't we, on the, uh, the final furlong pod. I actually put him up as one of my bankers of Royal Ascot, and he, he didn't turn up there. Hopefully he didn't turn up there because there was there was nothing wrong and they just thought that they would give him that extra week or two and go for this old Newton Cup. But you know what he is, don't you? You know what gas he is? He's a GH in a H. Group horse in group a horse. handicap, baby. And I, yes, his price is tight enough, but if he's as good as I think he is and as good as he's looked on his last four starts, of which he's won all four, then I think he takes this probably on the way to, to group company in the autumn. I completely agree. I think that he will take all the beating, uh, which brings us 
to the feature race of the weekend and our last race on the pod, which is uh, the Coral Eclipse uh, at Sandown. It'll be live on ITV Racing as well as Racing TV. 3.35, Virgin Media even showing it in Ireland. Oh, hurrah! Uh, you can listen to it on TalkSport 2 as well. Vedeni comes over from France and is the 13th way favourite, and that's probably the wrong pronunciation. Despite the fact that I've watched several of his races back, uh, including his juvenile efforts this morning, I have now because it's me, forgotten the right way to pronounce. Uh, Native Trail is the Godolphin representative. William Buick on board, Charlie Appleby, 11-4. to 4. He looked as though he needed the step-up and trip last time. Uh, Bay Bridge, who was beaten by State of Rest, is a 4-1 to one shot after his run Royal Ascot. Mishriff, who Richard, uh, to be fair, I was going to say Richard Hannon, who John Gostin told us, Richard Hannon told us on the show, but obviously he doesn't train. Uh, John Gostin told us on the Final Front Podcast that it was Royal Ascot or here, he wouldn't go for both. Uh, so this has obviously been the plan for quite some time with him. Uh, David Egan on board, so no jockey book is there. And William Haggis has got Al Nakur, uh, a horse who, well, uh, last time out, he beat State of Rest. Yeah, Baybridge is a four to one shot, and Alnacar is nines. All right, uh, from the Royal Ascot race, uh, Lord North twenties. Uh, you can see where I'm going with this. I think the price of Alnacar is absolutely bonkers with Kaluki nine to one, as we're recording, which is about approaching six o'clock on uh, on Thursday. Um, how do you see this race overall, my friend? Yeah, I think that's a, a very interesting argument you make for the William Haggis runner. Um, there was absolutely nothing wrong with that that high definition state of rest form at all. I think we should start with the favourite though, Vadeni, and whether we think thirteen to eight is the right price for this horse or not. Because I don't think it is. We only have to go back. Now we we only have to go back three starts to find that he was getting beaten in Group Threes, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. He was, he was beaten in a group three at Longchamp. He was beaten in a, a group three at Chantilly last September. Well bogged on. He, has he improved as much as he seems to have improved? I, I'm not prepared to pay 13 to 8 to find out. Well, he was beaten in a group three by El Bogdan last year, and then he's slammed El Bogdan by five lengths. So either he's become an absolute monstrosity of a horse, and sometimes the French don't really care about their comebacks, because it's about prepping them for bigger races. Um, so that defeat in April can possibly be scratched off. However, um, he was impressive in, in beating Machete. Uh, but the, the French derby undeniably was very, very impressive. He was prominent. Um, I, I like the way that uh, Sumion made use of him in that he... He had him up with the pace, uh, kept him up there, and then once he wanted to go, push the button, and in sport mode, off he goes. But now you're taking on Native Trail, Bay Bridge, Mishriff, Alnacur. You're taking on proper group horses. And in Alnacur, you've got a horse who seems to have taken his form to a whole new level this season. He's, he's won the French Derby. Uh, the French Derby. He's won the Linkfield Derby. Um, at uh, the Winter Derby uh, at Linkfield, he's then gone to Maidan and run a big race where he, he lost his left four plating during uh, the race in Dubai. And then he's come out to to Ireland. You put him up, actually. You were on uh, for that yeah. week, and he was 7-1, to 8-1. to one. Gets backed all the way down to 7-2. Well done, Final Forum Podcast listeners. But High Definition comes out. Uh, and runs a blinder in the Coronation Cup. State of Rest comes out, wins at, at Royal Ascot. Uh, Lord North was given a howler by Frankie in that he didn't take the, the blind off, runs a massive race 
uh, at the royal meeting. When you put all of that together, he's blown 10 lengths at the start. And Broom has come out and won at Royal Ascot. So this form is electric for Anaker, yet we can get nines because there's the potential of what Vidani can do. There's the potential of how good Native Trail could be over 10 furlongs. I wonder, uh, Baybridge hasn't won a Group 1 yet, um, and, and Mishriff, Mishriff is about the right price. So I think 13 days is embarrassing about Vidani. And even if he goes and wins by five lengths, I'll still say that was a terrible price. Um, there's nothing about it that, that appeals to me, and I doubt very much he will be that price on Saturday. Yeah, it's, it's all about price, isn't it? He could, like you say, he could be an absolute superstar, but I, I think essentially you're just guessing if, if you're prepared to take 13 to 8. Native Trail, uh, are we absolutely convinced he's going to get 10 furlongs? He wouldn't be a shoo-in on pedigree to get it for me. And and he is a horse who, and we've mentioned this before, haven't we? he's a horse who ha- appears to have just a little quirk or two. Yeah, that is my feeling with him. I think it's. I still maintain it's very interesting that Caribus was going for the the Guineas trial uh, at Newmarket, and yet they swapped them and put Native Trail in instead. And Caribus goes and wins the two thousand Guineas. And we had a debate about whether or not if you if you flipped the stalls around, does Native Trail end up winning? Uh, I think that hid from. The antics. Uh, you kind of get a you you get a feeling for it in the way um, his trainer talks about it as well, Charlie Appleby, uh, in terms of training him for races. And I, I think that this is this is the right target for him to go for the Eclipse because in the two thousand guineas in Ireland, I was disappointed with him that day. Uh, I I didn't expect him to win. To be honest, I was backing Wexford Native, who ironically enough um, has. Uh, Finished eleventh, he finished second last in the St James's Palace Stakes, and then goes and wins uh, the other day in Ireland. Um, but the the thing that intrigued me most of all about uh, about Native Trail that day was, I thought there's a horse who should be able to just explode into this race based on what based on everything we know of him as a juvenile. He should be able to cruise into this race and explode. And he didn't do that. It was it was hard work for Buick, and I just feel as that while this is the right race for him, maybe ten furlongs will bring up more of him. But I think that quirk and that attitude is the real issue here, and he is a horse that I'm more than happy to take on. Yeah, I'd be with you there. There's just something about this horse that doesn't convince me whether it's his attitude whether it's his slightly ungainly way of going I don't know it's it's just I'm I'm not absolutely convinced that that he wants to go am I on a course and I fully I fully see your Alan Kerr argument here as well and as you rightly said I was with him last time I am actually going to desert him here (gasps) because I I just don't think we saw the real Bay Bridge at Royal Ascot last time. I think he got Shane crossed to a massive extent <laughs> in that race. Um, it's a thing now, folks. I'd We're doing much, it. We're doing it. <laughs> I'd be much more willing to judge Bay Bridge on what he did to Mostadaf here in the Gordon Richards 
in uh, May when he absolutely slammed Mostadaf there. And he slammed him in the style of a proper group one horse. And Mostadaf, let's not forget, finished second to Broome, didn't he? He did. Royal Ascot. So he's done plenty for the form since then. And I think if we're being completely objective here, Bay Bridge slammed Mostadaf much more easily than Broome did. And I... As you know, I was a very, very big Bay Bridge fan for Royal Ascot. And I just don't, I just, I'm just prepared to write off of that. It was just a bit of a farce of a race, wasn't it? It was a farce of a race because Shane Cross rode so well in it. Yeah. In that he, he basically rode them to sleep. He, he has completely controlled the entire outcome of that race. He's, he's controlled the pace. He's put it up to everybody um, and almost Frankie Dottori style, uh, has dictated the pace in that he has made everything slow down when he wanted. Um, so he's been able to get a nice breather into state of rest. And then it's once, they ri- they, once they're rounding the bend, that's when you can see him inject the pace because suddenly Sherar can't go with them. All of a sudden, as yeah. the jockey is just asking Sherar to quicken, state of rest quickens away. And I think that breaks Sherar and he can't quicken with them. Um Maybe he just wasn't right on the day, but it, he just suddenly became totally out of out of juice uh, and, and dis- a little bit disorientated on the track, and it was with that injection of pace from State of Rest. So you could be 100% right here, my man. Uh, you could be 100% right in that we didn't see the best of him, we didn't see what he's capable of, therefore he can do it now. I just wonder if, if he really is good enough. Um... He's he was very strong in the market that day, and I know the time form figures are big. I think the pro form figures are big too. I I see him as the big danger, yeah. but I still I I'm still a question. I'll say t- I'll yeah. this: if you like the eleven, to, if you like the ten to eleven at Royal Ascot, and you backed him that day, then you have to back him in this race at fours. Yeah, I I think you're right. See, my my thinking here is after the Gordon Richards when he slammed Mostadaf. I was absolutely convinced that Baybridge was a top-class horse who was going to be winning Group 1 races this season. Did he get the opportunity to show that at Royal Ascot last time? I didn't think he did. If that had been a more conventionally run race and he'd have been beaten on merit, I'd have been prepared to jump off and say, I'm I'm wrong, he's not a Group 1 horse. I just don't think that race was run to show Baybridge to anywhere near his best effect. And I think this race, yes, there's a worry again because it's a small field that something else may control the pace from the front. But also you've got to factor in that that Sandown, that hill is a little bit more of a stiffer climb than it is at uh, at Ascot. Um, And you've got a longer home straight. And he absolutely seemed to relish that in the Gordon Richards. So I just think the combination of him not being seen to best effect and coming back to Sandown here makes me want to give Baybridge another opportunity because, having, like you say, having been with him at around about even money at Royal Ascot, I'd feel very foolish not to be with him now at 4-1 to one if he goes and does the business. Yeah, and, and that's a... That's the way to look at it. I think if if you were at, if you were with them at the royal meeting and you thought ten to eleven was fair, then four to one has got to be fair here. 
Um, just to briefly talk about how we think this race is going to be run, because you've touched on that. So for Danny, almost certainly makes the running here. He's going to be very much up at the pace anyway. Uh, and, and the horse who's then pushing him is Alan Kerr. And that's one of the things that, that intrigues me about this uh, and, and makes it more appealing to, to be backing Alan Kerr uh, and, and friends is that I think the way this race is going to be run is really going to suit Alan Kerr. I expect Vidani to make it under Christoph Sumion and try and dictate this. He's certainly going to be up there. I can't really tell who else is going to be. And because of that, these two are going to be and, and Anker is very game uh, and showed a terrific attitude at, at the Curra. I just think with the way the race is going to be run, Anker is the one who's going to benefit most. But because it, they're not going to inject a massive amount of pace into the race, I, I don't think, because neither neither jockey wants to ruin their chances. And I, I don't think it's a case of that they're going to cut each other's throats up front. I just think they'll be up there getting the run. And the question is, are they then going to set a strong enough gallop for something like Bay Bridge? To, to come and fly at. What, what, how do you see the, the race unfolding? Yeah, it's, it's a murky pace scenario, isn't it? There, are, there, there isn't, out of the six runners, there's no actual confirmed front runner. No. Vadeni raced prominently last time, didn't he? Yeah, he made, made the running so the time before I, that and, and, and uh, was prominent last time out. So, you know, I think there's there's every chance that he's going to be up there. Native Trail, they, I think they're going to want to kind of ride him a little bit more patiently, aren't they, and try and unleash his turn of foot. To, to date, Baybridge has been ridden reasonably patiently in all his races. Alan Kerr, I think Alan Kerr will absolutely be prominent, won't he? He's He's been prominent in, in nearly all his races so far. Is there... I don't know. Is there, he's he's not really made the running before, but is there a chance that Lord North maybe goes out and sets the fractions in here? I, I, it's, it's mur- it's, it, it would be it's odd, murky, it, isn't it? It, it is, yeah. It, it's it's a mess of, of a race pace-wise. I mean, this is where the time form pace maps and the pro form pace maps are invaluable to you because you, you're trying to figure that out. And that also, listen, if you want to go back for Danny, back for Danny. But if you're taking 13 to 8 in a race where there's a question about pace, the, the one thing I would say is that that this is what gives me confidence in my bet in Alan Kerr. Um, in that I know how he's going to run. I know what he's going to do. And I'm very happy to go this- and back him to do that. However, I have no idea. I, like Baybridge, uh, Native Trail, um, these horses should be held up. They should be unless somebody decides to go and take the run of things. It is a six-runner field, after all. But Vidani should be up there. Alan Kerr should be up there. And it just leads me to, to remember horror shows of unlucky stories, even in small fields in this race in the past. And I, I think with the way the pace is going to be run, I'm, I'm more than happy with Alan Kerr. The 9-1 to one just... The 9-1's to too big. It's far too big. You know, he slammed Lord North uh, last season. He um, he's To me, he looks a, a more physically well put together horse now than he did as, as a three-year-old he was a little bit uh there was more to come from him as a as a three-year-old you know he, he was a bit unfurnished he seems to be the finished product now and that performance at the car i love that that performance and the form has could not have worked out better it's the best form on offer i think i think the best way to sum up alan kerr is that he's he's uncomplicated isn't he yeah, I think that's the the word I would use. He's uncomplicated. He's very straightforward. You know what you're going to get with him, 
And no, I mean, I I can't put up a, a cogent argument against you there because I think there's there's every chance when the race begins in earnest that he's going to be in the right place, isn't he? Whereas one or two others may not be in the right place. I just, and, and this is maybe, I'm thinking maybe more in, in hope than expectation here, but Ryan Moore, for me, is a master tactician. Genius. And he knows what went wrong at Ascot last time. And he knows what got Baybridge beaten at Ascot last time. Is there a chance that if no one wants to go on, Ryan Moore potentially tries to take the ball by the horns here? When you break it down like that, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. When you when you explain it that way, I mean that's very, very intriguing. Uh, I think this is just it's just a fascinating race from top to bottom, isn't it? It's gonna be blockbuster stuff. Proper blockbuster for the six we got. They're high class horses. It's not a shock if Lord North wins. No. You're going on the potential of, of Videni and his ability to do what he did last time in open company uh, against older horses. Baybridge, I think that four to one is big. Uh, I found it difficult to get away from him this morning. And the only thing that stopped me is that nine to one is too. Uh, it was eight to one initially, but nine to one with Kaluki right now is way too big of Alan Kerr. And for that reason, I'm taking him. That was a very. That was a very uh, Alan Sugar thing, and for it's for that reason, you're you're fired, Babe Ridge. Alan Kerr is hired. You're hired, Alan Kerr. So, I I think they're the two. I mean, I would do the, I'd play the reverse forecast here. I'd do the Alan Kerr Babe Ridge reverse forecast. I'm sure Kaluki would. Have I, I think what <laughs> I think what we can agree on is that this this is it's just absolutely mouth watering, isn't it? Can't wait. It really is a proper proper group one. This okay. Give me your best bets for the. It's not going to be anything Richard Hannon trends in anyway because he can't. <laughs> Just give us your best bets for the for the weekend, my friend. <laughs> Having slammed Richard Hannon the way I did, that, I, I couldn't. I couldn't possibly put up Heredia as the nappy. For all that, I think she'll win. For me, I've gone on about this horse a few times in the past. He's a proper proper group horse. This for me, and he's in a handicap. It's Garcia. And the three fifteen at Hader. Yeah, you've stole it from me now. Uh, I'll go. I'm, I'm taking you on big time. Uh, Grand Dam. I think she's a fascinating horse, and uh, I really do think she was Frankie's uh, at York. And um, uh, back now with Ryan Moore in the saddle. Um, after they they seem to quietly fancier for Royal Ascot. I think three to one is is big about her. So I'm I'm very much aware of the favourite and. Where the favorite, but Grand Dam will be mine up. Uh, Gassy for Mark Milligan, and it's Alan Kerr and Baybridge for both of us in the Eclipse. Uh, final, just quick note, something to, to watch out for, um, which is possibly today, Friday, or tomorrow, Friday, if this is Thursday. Uh, Clive Cox now is a horse for Coolmore. Interesting. Grand Central has been sent to him, a Sioux Nation, who cost 140000 and Ryan Moore will ride the horse on Friday at Sandown. Uh, Grand Central. I'm pretty certain there was a horse within the Ryan called Grand Central a few years ago. Uh, an Irish bred, but this is an American bred, and in training with Clive Cox. Well done, Clive Cox. It continues to attract more big owners. It's huge. Um, right, my friend, uh, anything else to mention before we go? No, I think, well, oh, I think, 
we could possibly just tell people to tune in at three o'clock on Sunday to the Grand Prix de San Clou because that's going to be a cracker, isn't it? Yeah. Do you want to just do a, a brief breakdown of that actually while you've mentioned it? Because it is it is shaping up to be a proper proper race. Yeah, I mean we're we're potentially looking provided that these horses all turn up, the likes of Hurricane Lane, Dubai Honor, High Definition, he who used to not be named, but now we can <laughs> name him because he appears to be back on the right track. He's back again, in the good books. Um, Lone Eagle, who of course pushed Hurricane Lane so close in last year's Irish Derby. It's got the potential to be a real belter. Three o'clock on Sunday, it's on clue. Yeah, I, I can't imagine Hurricane Lane turns up. I think he'll go to the King George with him. That was always the plan. So, and, and they're working towards the Ark. Uh, maybe, maybe they won't go for the King George. Maybe he rocks up. I, I don't think he will. Um, Alpinista is is going to be a fascinating runner in the race. It's the problem with trying to preview this is we don't know who's going to run, so we won't know. No. Um, do do you buy honor? Uh, am I right in thinking he was in the eclipse, wasn't he? He was, and. They've t- they've taken him out of the incl- the eclipse to go for this. Mm. Yeah, both. And he's a horse. Yeah, both. both he's he got and- unfinished business in Group Ones, I think. Oh, I agree with you. I completely agree with you. Do you do you want to expand on why? Yeah, I I think I just last year. I mean, towards the the back end, he was he won a couple of Group Twos in France, didn't he? Uh, at Deauville, Longchamp. He was beaten on Champions Day by Sealyway, but Sealyway's a proper horse, isn't he? He just, just wins. And is, is he a proper, I is he he... proper And listen, I, I put him up for the Champion Stakes. Is Sealyway a proper horse with juice in him? Uh, juice to the eyeballs? Or is he, is he a proper <laughs> horse? Uh, you know, can he still be that horse? Or, or was it just that the trainer was, uh, was doing what he was doing and he's had, that trainer is now gone and, and he's been moved? Yeah, he, he hasn't he's, shown that form not... yet. No, he's not really shown it this season, has he, in in four runs. But if we go back to when he was beating Dubai Honor, for me, oh. at that point, he was a, a proper horse. And then, of course, Dubai Honor's been over to Shartin. He was beaten only a length and a half by Love's Only Use, a proper Japanese horse. He was then beaten at Maidan by Sharia, but he just... Things just didn't go right for for Dubai on at Maidan, and that was a bit of a messy race. That was I just a, think that was a very very messy race. Uh, yeah, there's there's a uh, there's a group one in this horse, and it could be this Sunday. Mm. Mm. I don't have prices for you, but I'd be very. You're going to tell me that you love. You're going to tell me that you love high definition all of a sudden now. Right? <laughs> now I. <laughs> I can say that I like high definition now, but I certainly I certainly don't love them after getting beaten in the Coronation Cup when I decided to put my shekels back on him again. I'm like, oh, God. Um, brief word on Silaway. He's been seen four times this season. Saudi Arabia, you can forget about. Uh, and the highest defeat is three lengths. He was only beaten three quarters of length and three quarters of length, but he's not firing in the manner that he was last year. And uh, it is. it's fair to say it's a fairly complex story about his his previous trainer yes <laughs> I think that's the best way to put it <laughs> and on that bombshell talk to your doctor and see if steroids are right for you um, don't use horses uh, be good the authorities will get you and um, Mark Milligan and I will be enjoying group one races 
And uh, and keeping an eye on, on Frankie as well in Germany to see how he gets on uh, as he's now going to be more focused on international racing until it, it suits him to be back in the UK. Um, yeah, this this whole thing. We Both Mark and I still have the popcorn uh, and we're ready to, to just... When when it goes full Love Island and and Gosden, right. we're, we're going VIP, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where the where the popcorn the popcorn is free, along with other foods. <laughs> oh man, it's it's gonna blow up one of these days. Um, final word: Paramount Plus is now available on on Sky. Uh, it's also available on Apple TV. So we get it now finally in the UK and Ireland. Um, I've had it through NordVPN in Sweden, um, which, by the way, if you just use NordVPN, you can then access Canada, Paramount Plus Canada, which has films that are current, Paramount films that are currently in the cinema available now. Watch as much as you want. Uh, but Star Trek Strange New Worlds, The Man Who Fell to Earth, Halo, and there is a series that I'm watching, uh, uh, I'm, I'm only getting into Yellowstone, it seems pretty cool, uh, but I abandoned Yellowstone, for the offer and the offer <laughs> is about albert s ruddy's experiences and story of making the godfather he was the producer and albert ruddy is an executive producer on this show miles teller goose goose's son rooster oh. in top gun maverick is in this and is he's the lead he's also an executive producer he's phenomenal He's absolutely phenomenal. He pl- he plays uh, Albert Ruddy, the uh, exe- the producer of The Godfather, um, and they they have everybody. They've got a, an amazing cast: uh, Matthew Good, Juno, Juno Temple. But you see uh, an actor playing uh, doing his in- impression of of Brando, which is absolutely superb. Uh, they've got a guy playing Pacino, who is just magic, absolute magic in the role, and it's all about the the links between this film and the mob, which they didn't want, but the mob did not want the film to be made uh, because they thought it would look bad for Italian-Americans. So they had this league uh, to try and stop it. And it's then how the mob get involved. But also just just the utter chaos that went on in production in the lead up to it and how they got it made. It's fantastic. I love it. It's absolutely spectacular. It's one of the best pieces of television I've seen this year. I could not recommend it highly enough. The show is almost as good as the films. That's a bold statement. The story is almost as good as, as the Godfather itself. It is absolutely spectacular. And Miles Teller is just fantastic in this, along with Juno Temple. Uh, The offer. Uh Paramount Plus. No, uh, I haven't. Uh, I haven't watched anything quite as highbrow as that on Paramount Plus yet. Um, so far, I've watched Beavis and Butthead do the universe, <laughs> <laughs> and if you're aware of the work of Beavis and Butthead, you, you'll know. You'll know that the film <laughs> very much follows the story of the previous Beavis and Butthead film where they did America, except this time they're just in space. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's brilliant. But, 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 it, but it's very funny. It's class. Uh, Beavis and Butthead was, but, it was amazing. Still, <laughs> still is. It still holds up. I grew, I grew up watching Beavis and Butthead on, on MTV, and I only recently revisited it because of Paramount+. Plus. 
And if you like toilet humor, then yeah, go knock yourself out. Yeah, a hundred percent. Which actually reminds me, uh, MTV are producing an awful lot of the shows on Paramount Plus. Uh, one of them being Mayor of Kingstown. So if you've heard me talk about that show before, and hopefully you're a long-time listener, so you have, uh, Mayor of Kingstown is that show with Jeremy Renner. It's not not to be confused with Mayor of Easttown. It's about uh, a town whose major business, and this is becoming a sad reality in America, is private prisons. And so he and his brother, Kyle Chandler, Texas forever, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose, um, of Friday Night Lights fame, he is. He plays his brother, and they're basically. Kyle Chandler is the mayor of Easttown, and it's Jeremy Renner. Then the, the journey with him of how to enforce the try to keep the peace between the gangsters, the prison system, uh, and the police. And it's absolutely brilliant. So that's available on Paramount Plus now as well, and you should be watching that too. But um, highly recommend the offer and. Beavis and Butthead as well for a bit of crack. Uh, but there's so many South Park episodes. I hadn't watched South Park in years. I've been binge watching South Park like mad since I got Paramount Plus. It's it holds, it's so funny. It, it Never gets old. Does it? it holds up. It's it's still The Simpsons not funny anymore. South Park still very funny. Uh, all right, that's it uh, from Mark Milligan. Uh, we did excellent content on Timeform and for me and Ms. Kennedy uh, we're back with you next week be safe be well take care God bless The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official syndicate partner All About Sunday The latest trainer to join our ranks is Donald McCain To join us download the app or visit allaboutsunday.com The ultimate racehorse ownership experience and by our official betting partner Kaluki Sportsbook Kalugi offer betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, with instant withdrawals and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kalugi also have betting pitches at tracks across the UK, including additional ones at Cheltenham. Join us now at kalugisportsbook.co.uk.